Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. You're listening to the college football coast to coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of college football coast to coast. Uh, we're going to hop right into our week five games and our week five uh, picks basically uh, as we get into some heated matchups, some big games that we've looked forward to since the schedules came out uh, early on this year. So we uh, are going to dive into our first matchup that is on our list, and that's going to be an ACC bout between Louisville going on the road to face Wake Forest. Um, Tyler, what is... uh? What's basically your uh, input as far as how Wake Forest can keep their undefeated season going? Uh, how Wake Forest can keep their undefeated season going is uh, limit the amount of opportunities that Malik Cunningham can find in the end zone. Louisville's offense is known to score, uh, but Wake Forest has shown in their first uh, four games that they can score as well. I think in the end this will be close, but I have the Demon Deacons uh, edging this one out. I'll say 38-35 against Louisville. Yeah, Wake Forest is a six and a half point favorite in this game. They are ranked twenty fourth um, in the country. Uh, Louisville is a one loss team that is three and one. Um, yeah, I think if you know that Wake Forest offense with Sam Hartman kind of get going and get started, uh, he's really had a strong year to start off the season. Um, you know, being a sophomore has a ton of time. I mean, in the running game, running game's gone pretty well this year for them. They're really balanced. I think they're probably the most balanced team in the ACC, uh, just me thinking. Um, as far as Louisville goes, they have some stuff they do have to, to iron out. Um, I, I think that uh, they can definitely rely on the receiving core who's led by Marshawn Ford. I mean, and they're a young team as well. So I, I look for Wake Forest to win this game. Uh, by a few, I'm going to go uh, Wake Forest 28 and Louisville uh, 17. 
moving on to our next ACC matchup. So we're going to do two matchups uh, per Power 5 conference. So our second matchup in the ACC is going to be Pitt going on the road to face Georgia Tech. Um, who you got in this one, Tyler? Uh, I'm going to go with the Pitt Panthers, though. I think this is going to be a tough road trip for Pitt. Um, but I think that uh, Pittsburgh has uh, the quarterback advantage uh, with Kenny Pickett. He's uh, a seasoned veteran. Uh, Georgia Tech, no, has shown uh, that they have a very good defense going back to that Clemson game. Uh, they're 2-2 two and two right now, and I have them dropping uh, to 2-3. and three. But I do think that this one's going to be a back-and-forth uh, battle between these two teams. But in the end, I have Pitt uh, win their fourth game of the season. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Pitt also in this one. Uh, I think they'll keep on rolling in the ACC. Uh, I think they're really strong at the at the quarterback position with Kenny Pickett being a senior. Uh, going into the NFL, I believe, uh, will be a decent quarterback, uh, any backup quarterback for an NFL team. Uh, as far as, you know, the Narduzzi offense that's run at Pitt uh, 77 points last week is that what it was yeah it was 77 points against New Hampshire well it is New Hampshire but 77 points is still a lot of points 77 I don't care the opponent that's still a really good feat uh for a team yeah I I expect a higher scoring game in this one as well um not too high because Georgia Tech's defense is pretty good um so uh, in this one uh I'll probably go 34 27 up yeah i'll i'll go uh 31 24 on on my last score as well yeah all right we'll go shift our gears now from the acc to the big 12 look at our top two games of the week and on that end it is number 21 baylor at number 19 oklahoma state both coming off big wins baylor the, the big win against iowa state oklahoma state the win against Kansas State. I think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout, a classic Big 12 matchup between these really talented offenses. The defense has some talent, but I think the offense is just going to overwhelm both of these defenses in the end. I think this one's going to be a close game like all the matchups that we've picked so far, but I'll go Oklahoma State 37, Baylor 34. Yeah, I expect expect this matchup to be pretty close uh, all the way down to the wire. It's kind of it's a toss up. Uh, I know that, you know, you're looking at, I don't know, an Oklahoma state three and a half point favorite at home. Um, So that, I mean, that just tells you that it's pretty evenly matched. I mean, they have to give the spread to somebody Um, (laughs) at the end of the day. So no, I I think that this will be a a last possession type game. Um, And I think it's all going to come down to, you know, if a special teams, uh, touchdown happens or you know something like that a big you know points off turnovers uh, I think is going to be the main focus in this game I think for both teams uh, is to eliminate that points off turnovers on offense and then on defense of course you want to get points off turnovers that's you know a little gravy on top Uh, but in this one I'm going to go with Baylor Baylor's got it rolling uh, you know a lot of momentum building off of this last game against Iowa State so I expect them to keep rolling in this one uh, it's going to be really close, high-scoring shootout. I think I'm going to go, uh, man, I'm going to go even higher. I'm going to say 55-43 mm. wow. in this one. Yeah. yeah, I definitely could see that happening. 
All right, so we'll go to the next Big 12 matchup. Number six, Oklahoma at Kansas State. The line on this one opens up the Sooners 10.5-point favorites. Uh, another note, Kansas State is going to be out there starting quarterback Skylar Thompson. I was going to pick Kansas State in upset if Skylar Thompson uh, playing this matchup. Kansas State has had Oklahoma's number the past couple of years. On the other end, Oklahoma's had some struggles along the way, you know, you know, just barely edging out Tulane, West Virginia. Uh, but I think that Spencer Rather will get it done. Uh, I'm going to go against the spread on this one. I think Kansas State at home in Manhattan, Kansas, a really underrated environment in college football. But I think Oklahoma is going to survive another one. Uh, this might be a little low-scoring game. Uh, both of these offenses uh, have kind of struggled in the past couple of weeks. But I think Oklahoma will get the job done 28-24 uh, to 24 against K-State. Yeah, I, I don't think Oklahoma covers the spread in this game either. Uh, both offense, uh, both offenses are clicking. Of course, that's normally what we see out of out of Big Twelve teams. Um, as far as defense goes, Oklahoma gave up a lot of yards to to uh, a really good uh, West Virginia team. Sorry, West Virginia team uh, last week. So I expect this to be a little lower scoring because really, I mean, the exception of one game, everything one or two games, everything's been really you know. Uh, low scoring this season for Oklahoma and in the same goes for K-State. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go uh, 31-27 in this game. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give the nod to K-State okay. at home. Uh, I think that, you know, with a young quarterback back there, I don't think he's going to be too worried about, uh, you know, much going on. You know, Will Howard's a sophomore, uh, kind of a, a decent start to the year. Uh, when he's when he's been in there, so I expect uh, I expect K State to put up a fight at home. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, uh, even with the young quarterback. And now moving on to our Big Ten matchups, we've got uh, number five Iowa on the road facing the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, this one is uh, a really intriguing matchup. It's a Friday night game. Um, so this will be on tomorrow night. Um, man, it's going to be a interesting game. Uh, I have not seen much of Maryland this year. Uh, I have seen Iowa uh, a little bit here and there, uh, paying attention. I don't think Iowa's defense is the same as, as it normally is. Uh, I think there's a lot of holes in their defense that uh, Maryland uh, can take advantage of. But... Uh, this game, I think, all comes down to, you know, who can control the ball. Who I think it comes down to ball possession uh, you know, as far as time on possession. And uh, I think Iowa wins that battle. I just think the running game for them uh, is something that they can, they can take advantage of uh, against Maryland. Haven't seen much of their defense this year, and I know they don't tend to have a very strong defense. So uh, I'm going to go Iowa in this game. Very close game. I'm going to go 27-24 Iowa on the road. Yeah, the main question I have in this game is uh, if this gets into a shootout, can Iowa keep up with Maryland? Iowa, uh, their quarterback play has kind of been inconsistent. Their running game, uh, you know, has been phenomenal, you know, throughout their first uh, four games. Like you said, the defense isn't the Iowa defense that we have seen in years past. they got some holes in it. Uh, I really have trust in – uh, Talia Tungvaloa, you know, the younger brother of Tua Tungvaloa, who had a really phenomenal career at Alabama. 
I'm going to go with upset here. I think that Maryland gets the job done. I'm going to go uh, 31 to 23 against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Major upset on Friday night. Wow, eight point win at home yep. against top five opponent. Uh, definitely good on their resume for the season. Uh, moving on to our second matchup in the Big Ten, our last matchup in the Big Ten. Uh, it's going to be the Michigan Wolverines on the road going to Camp Randall to visit the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Wisconsin rough start to the season, two and two team. Uh, Michigan still rolling, four and zero team. Uh, but a lot of question marks, I think, for Michigan. Uh, you know, giving up 13, 13 points to Rutgers last week at home, uh, and only winning by a touchdown. I don't know if that speaks to how good Rutgers is, or you know how poor uh, this. I'm sorry, this Michigan defense is. Uh, as far as offense goes, not a very good offensive game last week for them. So uh, I don't know if they can go into Camp Randall and put up a better offense than they could at home. So in this game, uh, I hope that Wisconsin bounce, bounces back after a disappointing loss uh, last week in Chicago. Uh, so I expect this game to go Wisconsin's way. Uh, probably a touchdown game, maybe a little more depending on turnovers. Uh I expect this game to stay low, very low scoring. Uh, I'm going to go 17-10 Wisconsin in this one. Yeah, I definitely think this is going to be a low scoring uh, game as well. I just don't know if uh, both quarterbacks will even get over 100 yards passing, honestly, uh, between Graham Mertz and then uh, McNamara because uh, Michigan's really been relying on the running game and Graham Mertz has just been turnover prone. Uh, throughout the whole season. I've been on the Wisconsin train, picking them uh, for the past couple of weeks. That will end this week. I think Michigan gets it done. Like you said, I think it's going to be like a low-scoring game, like in the 17. I think Michigan will get to 17, but I have Wisconsin uh, getting to 13. This is going to be a really back-and-forth, grinded-out battle, but I think the Wolverines will get the job done. All right. From the Big Ten out west to the Pac-12 for our top two games of the week in this conference, and the first one being... Uh, number three versus Oregon at Stanford. And if you win this one, you pretty much got control of the Pac-12 North. Uh, the line is eight points uh, to Oregon. Oregon uh, had struggles uh, early on against Arizona, but they got the job done in a 41-19 victory. I think this one is going to be a really close game. Stanford has shown me that they have the defense uh, to really uh, contain this Oregon offense and Anthony Brown. But on Oregon's side, they have the best defensive player in the nation, Kayvon Thibodeau. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth battle probably for three quarters, but Oregon will pull away. I think they win this one 38-28. Yeah, um, and even that's a close game in the Pac-12 yeah. by Pac-12 standards. Yeah, you're, you've are you got yeah the eight-point eight point, you know, favorite going to, to Oregon on the road. Uh, it speaks to a good football team that they are Mm -hmm. got. And and we had this conversation earlier, you know, where Oregon has, uh, the late showing up syndrome, I'd say, um, you know, they don't come out of the locker room until the second half. I don't know if that's the coaching staff stepping up and saying, Hey, wake up. We got a game to play. Uh, because you know, this last weekend against Arizona, really close game. I mean, you're talking a a touchdown game going in halftime and it's, Mm-hmm. it's close so uh right. and then they did eventually stretch it out and win by a lot but i expect stanford like you said their defense to really really be uh, prominent in this game um and i'm I'm gonna go with the upset here i think if i think it'll make the pack 12 a little more interesting um and you know i like interesting yeah uh, so 
<laughs> so I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one at home. Okay. Uh, it's I'm going to go. Mm, it's going to be in the 30s, I think. I'm going to go 34 31 uh, to Stanford. All right, from a game that could decide the Pac-12 North to a game that could really decide the Pac-12 South is Arizona State at number 20, uh, UCLA. UCLA opens up this game as a three-point favorite. Both of these teams, three and one each, respectively. I think these are really both uh, talented offenses. You got uh, two talented quarterbacks and Jaden Daniels, and then Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, who's really like reminds me of a young Cam Newton uh, so we'll see uh, how he does uh, the rest of the season. Uh, this is going to be a close game, I think, throughout this entirety. I think a uh, really talented offense, uh, like I said a couple of minutes ago. But I think UCLA will get the job done at home. I'll go 34-30 uh, UCLA. Yeah, um, and I think this game, yeah, this game does ultimately decide uh, this division in the Pac-12. So I uh, I think that Arizona State's turned the corner, uh, especially with the win over Colorado last week, 35-13. So uh, I expect them to bounce back. Uh, BYU's a good team that they yeah. lost to. So, uh, you know, with the one loss to BYU, who's in the top 15 now, uh, I, you really can't uh, really can't turn away from them. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go with Arizona State in this one. I'll go with the Sun Devils on the road. Uh, I UCLA's good, and these are evenly matched teams. It'll come down to last possession in this one. And uh, in this one, I'm probably going to go 37-34. Yeah, I have at least uh, the winning team get into the 30s. Absolutely. Moving on to our last but not least, (laughs) uh, probably the strongest conference in college football right now um, and has been for a while. Uh, a marquee game this weekend that uh, I know we will be huddled around the TV watching, and that is number eight Arkansas on the road to Athens to face the number two Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, man, you want to talk about two teams that can score the football? I uh, never thought we'd be once again talking about Arkansas being a top 10 team in the college football rankings, and I think that uh, they have a, a case to, to make if this game does turn their way. Um, do I think that, you know, Pig Suey can get it done on the road? I don't think they can. I think Georgia's too strong, especially at home with that atmosphere. Uh, low scoring game, I think in this one, both defenses step up. Uh, I'm going to go 21-17 Georgia. Yeah, this is a big matchup in the SEC, uh, kicking off at 11 o'clock. And I'm just surprised by the the line right here, 18 and a half uh, for Georgia. I thought it would have been way lower than that, probably at least a touchdown favorite. But like you said, both uh, talented offenses and both uh, balanced offenses as well uh, with uh, a really two good quarterbacks in KJ Jefferson uh, and JT Daniels and two good running backs with Traylon Smith and then Zamir White. I think the defenses, I definitely agree with you, will step up in this game, be a little bit low scoring. Uh, but I think uh, Georgia will win this one 24-14. And moving on to our last matchup that we'll be talking about, and that is the last SEC bout of the night. Uh, a little night matchup with uh, two teams that have dominated the SEC so far this season, I think, with offense. 
And uh, that's going to be the number 12 Ole Miss Rebels on the road to face number one Alabama in the Crimson Tide. Uh, man, this game uh, is really one of those, do you believe in magic, I think. Uh, if Ole Miss, I think, pulls this off on the road, uh, I think they have a case to be a top four team in the college football rankings. Uh, and I think, you know, that's the case with a lot of teams, especially in the SEC. Uh, if it does happen, it'll be the first time that Nick Saban has lost to uh, an assistant coach in his career. He is 17-0 and against assistant coaches. That just shows you how many people have moved on from the organization and have taken their own head coaching jobs. Uh, man, and I think Nick Saban's record goes to 17-1 and after this weekend. I think that Lane Kiffin... Uh, can lead this old Miss team and ultimately Matt Corral can lead this team to a big win on the road in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I expect this game to be lower scoring. Uh, I don't expect it to be that big. I think defense is, is the question. Uh, if old Miss's defense plays, uh, then they can keep it low scoring. If not, it'll be, it'll be a scoring shootout. I believe uh, this game, I, I want to go low scoring, but I'll go high. Uh, I'm going to go 54 to 50, uh, Ole Miss in this game. Shoo-wee. That's a lot of points there, but uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> think it's going to be more offense than defense. Even Alabama's defense, uh, struggled in that Florida game two weeks ago. Uh, they still won the game. Ole Miss, on the other hand, had some spurts in that, in the opener against, uh, Louisville and then against Tulane as well. They made some couple key stops, but. Two talented quarterbacks, both Bryce Young and Matt Corral, will really uh, take this one over. I think both will get combined uh, a 10 uh, passing touchdowns in this one. But I have uh, that record of Nick Saban against his assistants, uh, keeping undefeated going 18-0. Uh, I have Alabama win this one 48-41. All right, now let's get into our top five segment of the Thursday here to round out this top five Thursday. Uh, last week, we focused on stadiums and uh, uniforms. This week, we're going to focus on the head ball coaches, all time, that is, not just uh, this season or during the 2000s. It's from whenever college football uh, originated. So here we go with our list. Starting with number five, you got Nebraska's own Tom Osborne. Yeah, uh, I went with Tom Osborne in this one. Uh, really kind of led uh, Nebraska to – to you know the ultimate glory in the late 90s uh i think they uh you know they still relish those moments and i think that's why everybody considers nebraska still a really good football team is because of uh, the head coaching job that tom osborne did while he was there uh although you know he did have you know other starts i mean he did come from miami ohio before he uh and also ohio state or no i'm sorry I'm sorry. I'm 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 too far ahead of myself. Uh no, he was a one a a one-stop shop. I'm sorry. A one-stop shop there in Nebraska. Uh you know, late 90s run. Uh, never lost more than 50 games um in in his career. So, uh as far as postseason goes, not the greatest. Uh you know, you're playing tough opponents. Uh and a lot's changed there in Nebraska. Uh, so I have to give him at my number five for a job he's done uh, to really change the generation of football there. 
Yeah, and the field's named after him, so I'm sure Nebraska fans uh, love him as much as you do on this top five list. I'm going to start my top five with Joe Paterno. I think uh, Joe Pa was really the main reason of putting Penn State on the map and how you know they're perceived throughout this college football land, uh, especially uh, during the 80s when he won two national championships in 82 and 86. Uh, I'm sure uh, Joe Pa wanted his career, you know, to end on a more lighter note, you know, if the allegations that went down uh, at Penn State. I'm sure everyone knows uh, listening to the show uh, what happened then. If not, then just Google it up because I don't really want to waste my time on this. Uh, but, you know, Joe Pa, you know, really created, you know, this Penn State and, you know, we are Penn State. So definitely got to put Joe Pa in the top five. Really, really tremendous coach. All right, let's go to number four. And speaking of Joe Pa, here he is for number four on your list. Yeah, he's got to be number four on my list. A, a, a generation, uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime head coach, I think, um, in college football. Definitely had a different uh, coaching style um, and, and was completely, you know, a very – he was completely down-to-earth um, off the field, and he knew when to, to ramp it up. Um, and really, you know, get on some people's toes, but, and that's the job that, that comes with head, being the head coach of a, a dominant team in the eighties, uh, really where he, he, you know, saw his prime with the football teams in 84 and 86, uh, winning a national championship twice in those years. So I, I think, uh, there's a lot to be said and, and there's a big question mark on Joe Paterno, I think around the country and, and on the Penn State campus. Uh, don't get me wrong. It is unanimously, I think, across the campus of Penn State that Joe Paterno is uh, their greatest head coach that they had in franchise history, in school history, sorry. And, and I think uh, his legacy will go down forever, I think, in Penn State. Uh, and I have, you know, family um, history with Joe Paterno, uh, way back to when my parents were in high school, or I'm sorry, in high school, in college, I'm sorry, uh, both my parents did go to Penn State. So, I, I, you know, there's a lot that goes back to those those days, um, but definitely once-in-a-lifetime head coach. Yeah, definitely a once-in-a-lifetime head coach as well. And the one uh, that I'm going to be talking about, number four, I got Bobby Bowden. Everywhere he went, man, he really just uh, changed the aspect of the program. You know, he's most known for for what he did at Florida State, you know, bringing, you know, the most success this program has had uh, in the 1990s. I hate that, you know, Florida State right now is not really relevant because, honestly, Florida State, whenever they're good, really makes uh, the entirety of, you know, a college football season, you know, better just because, you know, Florida State being good, just the culture that they have there, you know, they just named uh, – Bobby Bowden Field uh, after his passing uh, this year and uh, Florida State's, you know, been honoring him pretty much uh, throughout the season as well, uh, wearing stickers and, you know, a painting on the field, uh, you know, the hat that he wore uh, every game. But Bobby Bowden is, you know, just one of the legends uh, in college football and really got his team uh, motivated and ready to play uh, every Saturday in the fall. All right, so we will move on with our list, and uh, we have uh, an identical number three here with the Ohio State's own Woody Hayes. Yeah, I had to go with Woody Hayes in this one. Uh, you know, not only with this you know time at Ohio State where he did finish out his his time and his career there, uh, even before that, from being from 
Miami, Ohio definitely changed, uh, you know, the complexion of that school. Uh, but ultimately, yes, he's known for his time at Ohio State, uh, you know, bringing five national championships to to in his time. Uh, really just amazing, uh, amazing guy. I mean, I, I think outside of uh, college football, I think you really have to, you know, really dig deep down inside of, you know, not only them on the field, but off the field in their personal lives. Um, and how they treat these players, and, and I think that he is one of them that uh, will go down in history, I think, that really, uh, to this day, I think, has changed the mood and complexion of Ohio State football. Yeah, definitely a unique personality on and off the field uh, was uh, Woody Hayes, and he was famous, you know, wearing that Blocko cat that is now seen on the mascot of Ohio State, Brutus the Buckeye, uh, wears it on top of his nut <laughs> of the Buckeye that what he is. So, uh, yeah, Woody Hayes, uh, like you said, really created a dynasty uh, for Ohio State in the 50s all the way into the 70s, winning multiple national championships. And even in Miami of Ohio, that's when uh, he really started his legacy uh, of a legend of uh, collegiate football. And uh, just so everyone around, you know, Columbus uh, still loves and what – Woody Hayes uh, did for this program and, you know, what Ohio State is, uh, you know, how people talk about them uh, now and when we're in 2021. All right, now we have another consensus uh, in our top two as well uh, with current Alabama head coach Nick Saban. Yeah, uh, I had to go. He, he had to be on the list, I think, at some point in time um, for the job that he's done, you know, all the way back from Toledo to, to Michigan State to LSU and, and now uh, probably towards the the latter half of his his coaching career at, at Alabama, um, bringing multiple national champ, oh, you know, multiple. I mean, uh, you know, four or five to to Alabama, and you know, having one with LSU in two thousand and three. Uh, so I I think that it it really it's really hard to not put him there. Um, because Alabama football had a uh, had a spotlight to maintain, I think, and Nick Saban, I think, was the right choice to maintain that spotlight um, way later on down the line. So, and I think and, and, and all these kids go to school there because of you know Nick Saban's the head coach there, and, and they go there because they know that that's a winning organization, and he's made it into a winning mentality there. Um, and ultimately, that's that's what they want is to win a national championship, and they've done just that uh, many times. So I see him going down as one of one of the greatest in, in college football history. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a, a big spotlight that he had to take over for a coach that we'll get to uh, in just a few moments. But pretty much at every school in college football that he went to, you know, from Toledo all the way to Alabama, I think the only uh, uh, spot that he really had you know, kind of a, a halt was uh, whenever he went left LSU and went to the NFL coach the Miami Dolphins. He did really do good there, and that was probably the best for him to go to Alabama and really, you know, uh, you know, create that rebrand pretty much, uh, you know, going from LSU uh, to Alabama. Just what I liked about Nick Saban, he really gets uh, on his players. You know, even if they're up like 62 nothing, you know, he's still not happy. He just wants everything uh, to be perfect. Uh, you know, at practice, he really treats it 
uh, like a game that his players, you know, they get to the game and they're like, oh, this is just like another practice. So let, let me just like uh, throw like five touchdowns and throw for 400 yards. Uh, this is easy. But yeah, Nick Saban really has, you know, uh, created this Alabama dynasty that really has no end in sight, probably until Nick Saban retires. And who knows uh, what Alabama is going to look uh, after uh, Saban calls it quits. All right, so now to end our number one top five head coach of all time. And I think this is a unanimous pick with Paul Bear Bryant, from, uh, the head coach uh, from Alabama. Yeah, with the iconic the iconic hat, yep. uh, you know, he, he really is one that, that will be down as the greatest, I think, in college football history. Uh, was known for turning programs around, absolutely flipping programs upside down um in in a good way but you know getting his start uh at maryland and then you know ultimately moving on to uh to kentucky texas a&m and then and then finishing out his uh time at alabama uh coming with four national championships you know and it it, it really uh it really is amazing to see someone turn an organization around. You're talking about a Texas A&M team in 1954 that was one in nine. Wow! And turned them around to a nine zero and one team the next well, season. That's how you know you're you're a pretty dang good football coach. I mean, just absolutely flipping it around and saying, "Look, this is what I got. This is what I got to work with, and we're gonna make it work." Um, and going out there and competing and was great with just dealing with what what you had and it, and it was all passion uh, back then for for Bear Bryant so I I think that you know he is an absolute was an absolute passion head and just you know was all about lived eat breathe sleep football uh, so I he has to be the greatest in history for me yeah, and. and- and if, you know, a couple of coaches that we see today, even with Nick Saban, I think that's the same mindset: eat, live, breathe football. I mean, football is some of these coaches' uh, lives, and you know they just have the passion uh, to do that. And I, that's definitely what Paul Bear Bryant did. I don't think uh, the SEC would be the same if it wasn't for Paul Bear Bryant today. I, I just don't think it was. I, I know you go back to Texas A&M, you know, rebuilding from one and nine and nine zero and one. Not many coaches can uh, do that rebuild uh, in just uh, two years. It takes like a five to ten year rebuild of that. I think uh, his most notable one stop other than Alabama has got to be Kentucky because, you know, Kentucky, you know, during the Adolf uh, Rupp, when you know how uh, Rupp was able to, you know, really make what Kentucky basketball is uh, now. But he was able uh, to take Kentucky to three bowl games in one season. Uh, in 1950, he finished 11 and one. So even going to like a basketball school uh, and really, you know, building up that football program, it didn't matter if he went to Maryland, Alabama, you know, like a, a D2 school. I'm sure he would have brought them, you know, to zero and ten to a national championship uh, in two years. So, you know, just the grit and passion that ball, ball, Paul Bear Bryant had uh, for the sport. Uh, has got to be number one college football coach of all time. Absolutely. And, guys, that will wrap up our show, our picks for week five, a hectic week five, a lot of ranked matchups. Statement Uh, Saturday, indeed. 
absolutely the biggest that we've seen this season. And I feel like we're just going to build off of that and say, you know, maybe <laughs> next week's the biggest. And it all comes down to how these games are are, are done and, and, and how these matchups finish at the end of the game uh, when that clock hits zero. So uh, we will see you guys on Tuesday, next Tuesday. We will be recapping this crazy week five. I think we've got ahead of us uh, in big game, even tomorrow night with Iowa and Maryland that we'll be uh, really tuning in for. Uh, Once again, our Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch uh, are all available at CFB underscore coast to coast. That's CFB underscore coast to coast. You guys can follow us again on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, Put something out there. Let us know how you like the show. Um, and if you guys uh, leave any suggestions uh, for top five Thursdays, absolutely. We love to talk about controversial topics. That's all yep. about our top five Thursday. <laughs> we want to get into our shows, controversial topics about college uh, football. Absolutely. So of course me and Tyler want to get into some heated, heated arguments here and there, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but uh, we, uh, we will once again, see you guys on Tuesday uh, for that week five recap. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. No problem. Y'all have a good weekend. Absolutely. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.